Welcome back to Geek Life, Panamanga.com's very own podcast. I'm JP. As always with me is my fearless co-host, the Brian. Meow, 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 meow. And Joe. We have to stop that meow. Oh. <laughs> right meow. Right meow. <laughs> and the admin. Oh, meow. <laughs> and back from AskAMetalhead.com, we have Justin. <laughs> I'm not doing a fucking meow. Meow. <laughs> <laughs> meow, meow. Meow. That's right. Matt, let me ask you a question. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and joining us, special guest this time, Durig. Hello. And, of course, we have back Neuro. I will cut you, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> what about the sparkles? I don't remember that part. So. It's so angry. <laughs> Give me the sparkles or I'll cut you. Okay, and then, and then of, course, of course, we have Pinku. Kisses. <laughs> All right. So, this week we are talking about video games. One of our favorite subjects. But first, a little housekeeping. First up on housekeeping, if you guys haven't checked out our SatCon coverage, make sure to go to events.pandamanga.com and check out our spotlights from SatCon. Talk to a couple of, actually, everybody bailed on me. It was just me. And so I'm there loaded down with all the random shit, walking around just sweating you? my balls off because it was so hot. Well, SatCon's hot anyway. Yeah. But then I was, I had the camera, I had everything. And oh, so it was like, suit? it was like, what? The panda suit? I, I should have a panda suit. That would be. I mean, that's the only thing that makes it, you know, if you're going to do it right, you got to. I've always, you know what? Speaking of panda suits, I've always wanted to hire like just some random hot chicks to wear panda suits, but just like, just oh. like the panda gloves and the feet. See, I like like. Boot what bangs. you need? No, no. What you no, need? No, no, no. You need them to wear the panties everywhere, but the gloves and the feet. That's what, <laughs> no. What? That's what we, no, that no, no. That doesn't sound as exciting. See, I thought they you were going to say I was going to hire like some dudes from Home Depot to wear panda suits or something. I, no, no, no. I they have to know. be dressed up as go-go bangs. girls or like homeless panda heads. Like, I don't know. Homeless people would smell like pandas. There you go. Moving on. That was an insult to pandas. Ouch. What? Anyway, moving on. So we've got. We've got some fun stuff up at SatCon. We had a really good, I had a really good time there <laughs> and met some really interesting people, some fun independent comics, of course. Unfortunately, we didn't run into some of the guys that we normally see, but we did see Jason Doobie and a bunch of other fun stuff. And there's a, got some really good comics to review on the podcast coming up soon. Next, this coming weekend is Comic Croc, actually the first Comic Croc. This is at the Croc Center in Sassoon, California. This is this coming Saturday, June 15th from 11 to 4 p.m. You can find out more about Comic Croc at GoCroc, that's G-O-K-R-O-C dot org. You can also call John from Waterfront Comics. Check out waterfrontcomics.com for contact information. He's helping put together the event, so he'll have a little bit more information. If the Comic Croc website doesn't have everything that you need, he will definitely be able to answer your questions. So from June 11th through 13th, if I remember right, mm-hmm. is E3 this year. So we're actually going to be recording a special E3 podcast. It's going to be a little bit different. We're not going to have an indie artist spotlight, probably not even going to have housekeeping. It's just going to be us kind of talking about what we thought about various things. And actually, we'd love to get your help on this one. If you want, please email us if you have any comments that you'd like shared over our podcasting. Yeah, or questions or something like that or in questions regards to that what's you going on at E3 this time. Find out what our opinions are or anything. We'd love to hear from you. Email us at geeklife at pandamanga.com. You can also go to podcast.pandamanga.com and there is a form on that page that you can just fill out right there and we'll be recording that on the evening of the 14th so pretty much anytime before then email us yeah it's just going to be a couple of us i don't know who's going to be available i haven't even talked to everybody sitting here about it yet brian and i are planning on doing it also with uh dustin will be joining us again and of course anybody here that's interested in you know as long as they're really willing to dig into what's going on at e3 and, and really be educated on what happened this time around we'd be happy to have you on the podcast and we'll talk about it later about that but yes we're going to do a e3 special episode i'm not sure exactly how that's going to release or when that's going to release but we're definitely going to have our commentary on that because it's an exciting event of course in our game world so and that's it for housekeeping and for today's indie comic spotlight we have horde of neurons by Jeff Couturier. <laughs> Sorry if I'm butchering. It's again butchering Couturier? names. Is it Couturier? Yeah. If we're not butchering names, we're not having a podcast yeah, the, right. The, there's something wrong in an episode if we don't butcher a name. That's right. just what it comes Where's down to. Where's the name? C-O-U-T-R-I-E-R? If you have a crazy last name that you want to hear us butcher on air, email us at geeklife.com and we will be more than happy to butcher your last name. Just start pulling out dictionary words. (laughs) So Jeff's comic is really excellent. I really enjoyed it quite a bit. It's like lots of really random geeky humor and just, I don't know, like some fun observations and stuff. Before we get started, why don't we go ahead and just read the About Us page. 
Court of Neurons is a comic about weirdness, geekery, and the infinite power of friendship. Well, maybe not so much that last part. Actually, none of that last part. All the rest, though, definitely. As the title implies, the comic is a writhing ball of partially formed thoughts prone to wild tangents and complete nonsense. If you try to make sense of it, you'll just get a headache, and that would be bad. Unless you like headaches, which would make you some sort of masochist, I suppose, and would probably work in my favor as far as the comic goes. <laughs> and th- there that is. That is completely accurate, actually. Yes, that yes, that was really my reading is experience Incredibly right accurate, there. yes. Yeah. I, I love how offbeat and crazy the About Us pages are so consistently on webcomics. They, yes. go, they go crazy. Because I do what I want. That's exactly. right. That's what it comes down to. It's definitely a time to shine for a lot of the webcomic creators. For sure. <laughs> I feel like I need to rewrite my history on my about page for my uh just my blog, blog. Man, yeah like i wouldn't even know what i'd say i'd just be like Hi! i was born on the moon <laughs> rockstar wasn't from Mars. no that one's already taken don't tell my mom i made this <laughs> i think that is something that everybody should have on their about page <laughs> you're not making things correctly unless your mom's worried Yes, this is true. <laughs> Trying to justify all the, the tits on your blog. So really what did you guys hard. think of Horde of Neurons? Definitely on the odd side. Yeah, very. Is, I'm used to reading a lot of the ongoing story type webcomics now. And this one, random to random to random. A lot of good giggles out of it. A lot of small giggles out of it. Sure. But overall giggly. Yeah, I think that it's definitely one of the most random comics that we've come across. And by random, I mean more than just random subject matter, but like there's very rarely the same character right, in yeah. more than just a couple mm-hmm. of them in a row. Which yeah. is kind of what I like about it, that you can pretty much go into the archive and just randomly click on it. This is an excellent random button one, although yeah, I don't yeah. think he has a random button. <laughs> yeah. Get a random button. Yeah, yeah he didn't have like a first episode button either. Yeah, no, oh, he had right. to go to the archive. Yeah, two, that was that was a little bit clunky. But Two people mentioned that specifically, like, mm-hmm. where's the first comic? Okay. Yeah. yeah. I heard it was all Those the way in the archive out. section. Yeah, it is. But, you know, I, <laughs> I this would buttons? be... Fuck that. Well, this one, right. But this one, I think, like you said, would be really... Excellent for something like a random button because I, yeah. you can just listen. You could read any one of these, and and more than likely, you're just going to jump onto one of the random, you know, Jeff's opinions about X, Y, or Z, and they're all very funny. I feel like for this specific comic, you have to be very concise about what you mean by random button because I feel like if you message this guy and said, "Hey, you need a random button," he'll draw like a really weird shape and then just <laughs> stick it on his website somewhere. You, you never know that might very well happen. That would be <laughs> seems awesome. to be in alignment with the way. What is this rolls. nipple for? In the <laughs> <laughs> and the that was so random. Sh- should random I click on it or point it to just a random Google doing, search? Yeah. Oh, oh. randomly no. do different things each time. Google Does anybody search. have some some favorite strips from this one? I have one. Yes. <laughs> knock knock. Who's there? Smoke Gouda. <laughs> I am effing delicious. Yeah. And comic and scene. No, that that's like what I feel in my heart every day. So that that was beautiful. <laughs> one one of the ones that stuck out to actually Joe and I. I knew I knew as soon as I read this, Joe was going to be cracking up. Was this, this, the Super Punks? Yes. It was <laughs> featuring oh, yeah. Captain Edge, the Fiend, and Hawkman defending Punkopolis Hawk from posers and and pop music. Yeah, I, I was so, so bummed that he's only got two pages of that. Yeah, yeah I know. We need, I was more. Really wanting I really, more. We need I more of that. Really did pay attention to that when I, when I really came across. I love no shave Mike Ness. For me, <laughs> is it Mike Ness? It was it's Mike, Mike Ness. They're talking about Mike yeah. Ness's beard, yeah. which is that's probably my favorite panel almost ever yeah. from Horde <laughs> of Neurons is, is when they're talking about the yeah. beard and it's got a picture of just the beard with like little little tiny squiggly arms and a mouth and it goes, girl, I'm from space and shit. <laughs> <laughs> You're saying, Justin? Uh, I just love the fridge. The fridge. Right, Don't the most recent one. So random. Because I'm, you know, I, like, I normally, I, I was reading the panel from left to right and then just... You know, don't put bananas in me. I got And say. I think I can, I, you know, the first thing I thought of, you know, is obviously I can relate to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we all can. Yeah. Did you guys, did you guys see the, the Derpedos one? No. <laughs> we are that one was kind of. That one was so Oh, in true, the belly. It's in so the true. belly, right? Yeah, exactly. This guy's at a party and no, he has what's obviously a Doritos, yeah. right? And, and it drops into his belly and there's some vegetables in there. And right. he's like, well, they're like, whoa, welcome to the. Welcome to the stomach. Hey, and and then more come in and more come in and more come in and pretty soon the the poor vegetables are covered in, in Doritos or Derpitos. 
And one of them kind of looks up and he goes, we are Dorpedoes. We are Legion. We are Legion. <laughs> Because I don't know about you, but if you have like one Dorito, it's rarely yeah. one Dorito. Yeah. You know, like that's that's how chips are. So that, that was just that one resonated with me because I kind of like chips. The other one that stood out was I don't remember the exact comic, but in the little footer at the bottom, he was talking about Dune. Right. And this blew my mind. But in the book, apparently there was supposed to be here. There's Kung Fu in the book. But in the in the uh, oh, yeah. in the movie, they didn't think that Kung Fu would like in, in first. Yeah. And I yeah. think it's like the, the movie from the 80s or something. Yeah, was it from the 80s? Uh they had they had a weirding machine instead yeah, of right, using right. weirding. Right, so you spoke, like I, the and the director it, said uh, that kung fu on sand dunes would look stupid. Right, right. Yeah. Somehow I disagree with that. <laughs> but if you've ever seen Six String Samurai, it, kung fu on sand dunes is fucking awesome. Okay, agreed. <laughs> I just think you would get a lot of know. sand in your eyes, and it would be a very short fight. Sure. Maybe they didn't have the technology for t- kung fu on sand dunes. Yeah, but they had that for the yeah, but, uh, with limbs. <laughs> Sand Dunes has been ruined for me ever since Kiltro. Oh, God. Can we please not talk about Kiltro? Go and check out the Geek Life Bleach cast, which oh. Brian has been trying to get me to restart again and do one more, because I I it is a new year, so we would have true. to do it again. Yeah. The, if those of you that don't know, often we struggle to figure out what the hell to do with movies. Well, this is before we had a movie commentator uh, officially. Now, the Winchester helps us come up with something good to say. But for a while, we were kind of like, movies, all right, now what? And so we were sitting around drinking and eating pizza, as, as we tend to do. Yeah, I forget. It was some party that we were at. Yeah, it was it was a party. And, and I was like, oh, man, this coming Wednesday, we're supposed to record a podcast because we were recording on Wednesday or Thursday at that point. And like, what should we do? And then we were watching something on Netflix. And I thought, I know, let's just find the worst movies ever. Because our movie scale goes from awesome to bleach, like terrible. Yeah, midnight right? showing to bleach. And right. bleach, we mean like, we wish we could pour bleach into our ears. To forget it, right? Like, so it's basically oh, just a bunch of like, so awful movies that we rated it by how many minutes we could survive before we had to turn it off. Anyway, back to the subject. So a couple other, a couple other, uh, a couple, oh yeah, so Nero had one. Well, there's a couple of slice of life ones too, where he's talking about my old computer is perfect i've had it for six years in a row i have no interest in a new one i shit you not the next day (laughs) it it bought the farm and it's just like you know every like like a nuclear explosion coming off that's like totally know where you're coming from yeah you can tell what this guy's into you know right the references that he makes are actually fairly I don't want to say obvious because I don't think obvious is the right word, but they're very. It's telling. There's yeah. yes, they're very telling. Yeah, absolutely. Which I, I mean, I got a kick out of it. I thought. I, it was, I, I think that we'd probably have a good time hanging out with this guy because some of the, some of the jokes that come up, it's like, yep, yep, yep. I totally, yeah. totally get that. I, I like the uh, the toothpaste one. It was like the what, Thin Mints 3D right. with right. whitening and bacon. It's like all the random shit they have in toothpaste. It really days. does bother me though that toothpaste is going for the 3D now. It's like what the fuck is 3D about toothpaste? 3D white because. You know, before it was 2D. Yeah, you don't want it, your teeth to look flat white. You got to uh, make sure they have depth to it. Yeah, exactly. yeah you need shadows and right. shit. Yeah, the corners need to be shaded just right. I, I liked how don't he added, to had to have a, and bacon just, because yeah. everything has bacon. Exactly. Although bacon yeah. does make everything better. There is bacon Almost. toothpaste. Yeah. There is bacon. To- Are you serious? Yes, I am. It's mm. One of the ones that really stuck out to me was... That's a really unfair thing to say. I think anybody can enjoy that, Brian. I'm dead serious. The bacon toothpaste that I all know of are four dogs. Well, then Think Geek should probably label their things. Wait, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, on. Brian, how did it taste? (laughs) I have no idea, but my dogs seem to like it. Mm. (laughs) You did not take the Pepsi challenge on that one. Where is your dog? Can you tell the difference? Apparently it didn't help... All uh, right. Uh, for me too much bacon. Well, so the, uh, one of the ones that really stuck out to me was called Singularity. And it goes like this. It says, trapped, the longer I stay here, the stronger gravity becomes. Its force increases exponentially, pulling me further down. Soon I will be compressed into a gravitational singularity. There is no hope. And then it scrolls out and it's, he's on a couch. And he's like, so hard to get off the couch. Only one way to escape. <laughs> it's like that is me every night. Yep, yep. I have to I have to sleep about twenty minutes on the couch at least. That's and a power then nap. I will go to bed at two AM. Twenty minutes? Okay, I, I plan on twenty minutes, but it ends up being more like an hour and a half. There is something mysteriously wonderful about my crappy couch. It's yeah, exactly. The crappier the couch, the better. Two thousand dollar oh, mattress. Man. You know, it's yeah. pillow top, it's all these wonderful things. And I can't sleep. I'll go down to the couch, five minutes, boom, nighttime. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. Another one that had me cracking up was the one where it's 
Got a guy working on some dishes, and the cat comes up and is messing with him. Uh, the one-eyed cat, which is disturbing and awesome all at once. And he goes, hey, stay off the counter. And he flicks some water at the cat, and the cat goes, ah, and runs off. And then later it shows the cat talking to the dog, explaining the story. And it's got a picture <laughs> It's got a picture of somebody like in this dark cloak shooting lightning at him. Going, yeah. die! Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> There's a lot of animal humor that Jeff's got to have some animals. He's got a cat. Uh, you, gotta know, you know this guy's got a cat. No, for yeah. sure. At least one. And the other things that stood out story-wise, joke-wise? Let's move on to talking about the art. So what do we think of the art? I like how everybody looks at me. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. well you know, the thing that was really striking to me actually was in the beginning, it looked just as polished as it did towards the end, almost, almost completely as polished as it does in the end. I would say the only thing that really shows real progression is the color. Yeah, that's true. That, that that's true. early on, the color is a lot simpler. Sometimes it's used like a smattering here and there because for mm-hmm. the most part it's grayscale and like a pleasantly grayscale because sometimes grayscale can become this big gray blob of awful oh, but, yeah, definitely. but this grayscale is nice it's clean it works really well and sometimes he'll use color here and there to accentuate things kind of like what uh, lunar baboon does sometimes yeah, yeah, yeah. right dream world that kind of yeah thing. exactly exactly but yeah like you but, said that's one of the no, things it's like the art is really consistent yeah, like, all the way through for years it's almost like the form you know, but the forms are solid you know whether they're in black and white or color and usually you know for me to do that personally it usually means I got to draw I, I'm not saying that he does do this because they're also really simplistic character designs, which is, you know, not bad or good. It's great. Right, right. But um, usually what I would do to, to be able to be consistent from, from you know, right out the box is to do a ton of character designs and a ton of, like, facial theories, you know, and that sort of thing. But the characters change so much. I don't know if that was what was going on. I sort of doubt it. But it was really impressive and it was a really smooth transition from beginning to later strips. Well, yeah, I thought that the, the characters were really expressive and, and it was really interesting how well made the characters were. I mean, even though yeah. it's a simplistic art style... No, it's he's still, got a solid handle on like exa- character design. Right, and there's, so there's just, like a gajillion different characters. Yeah, he just like, like he makes one, up. he just tosses them out the window, and every time he makes one, uses it for a page or two, and then throws it away. I'm thinking to myself, like, no, because every time you make a character, right? it's like a process, you know, yeah. to like make something. I mean, you know, especially you created life. How can you seriously? It? You you know, you got to do a character sheet, you do turns of it, you do expression studies, all that sort of stuff. And and he's making these characters, and they're great, and then whoof, and gone next. Right, and it's just like damn. <laughs> He's probably got you know, backups. You're fine. No, well, you know, honestly, <laughs> honestly, you know, at the same time, if you if you do it really well, you can just make more. It doesn't matter. Yeah, absolutely. It's like, you know, it's like right. when I throw away old stuff, people freak out. I'm like, no, it's fine. I can make more. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> but you take it for granted as an artist as well. Well, nah, this is something I did. More, this is something can. I did. Well, you know, at blah, the same blah, blah, time, blah, blah. you didn't put the time in. So, yeah, I broke my ass, like, you know, being able to do it. So I get rid of the old one because it sucks compared to what I do now. I'm sure right. it's like that with this dude's character design, sure. which is solid. Yeah, very Yeah, I thought it was cool. I mean, it was easy to read and there wasn't any confusion about whether somebody was a male or female or what was, you know, was why is he smiling if he's angry? There was. I thought it was great. So. Yeah, from from a layman's point of view, I mean, the, the art stayed out of the storytelling. And it was very effective, and it worked well. And again, I totally got that it was smoked Gouda. There was no problems there. <laughs> right. It's very clear. No issues. Clear. I understood. It was, it was so beautiful, too. The stretch. I oh, Gouda. I'm always harping on or focusing on the line art and the contour and everything, and I like this very sort of charming, hand-drawn look. I think, you know, I read a couple of the little blog posts that he put below the comic and he talks about, oh, I'm using a different pen and, you know, different this and that. And it's like a smaller paper. And so it's very clear that at least part of his process is still pen, paper, pencil, analog. It's very obvious that he colors it on the computer, but there's just this look to the lines, a sort of like a little bit of inconsistency, a little bit, which is good. I'm not not complaining. It's got that nice hand drawn, right? Yeah, exactly. It has that nice look to it. It's really nice. But when you, when you mentioned analog, it's, you know, all the stuff put together, it's mounting evidence of classical training quite possibly. Yeah, man. Don't auto tune your drawing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, anything else you want to say? Go read it, right? Yeah, absolutely. Go read it. You can find horde of neurons at horde of neurons.com. You can find them on Twitter at Jeff Couture, Couture, Couture. I think it's Couture. 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 That six months of fashion training anyway, really so, paid so, off. So, so <laughs> you, you can find him at Jeff, J-E-F-F, and then C-O-U-T-U-R-I-E-R. You can also find him at Jeff Couture at DeviantArt.com. And you can also check out Jeff's other comic, Meager Panic, at MeagerPanic.com. And then you can find him at JeffCouture.com for his personal site. His personal site's mostly just a blog, 
and has kind of just random things that aren't necessarily part of either of the comics, comes up with something that's fun, that's relevant, that's going on, or that he's thinking about, that he doesn't really want to spin into a whole but um sort of thing, but he'll do like a fun picture or his thoughts on something. It's, it's really entertaining. I read through a bunch of the blog. It's really good. <laughs> well, uh, before we move on into the game segment, why don't we take a quick musical break? When we get back, we're going to talk about the indie game, The Swapper. You're listening to Geek Live. Stick with us. Welcome back to Geek Life, Pandamega's podcast, and uh, we're about to talk about some Audible stuff, aren't we? Yes, yes. Geek Life is sponsored by Audible. You can go to audibletrial.com forward slash geek life to get a free audiobook download and free one month trial of their excellent service. As always, we like to recommend a book that we recently listened to. Hey, said it right this time. We always Yay. say a book that we read, even though it's audio. Anyway, so <laughs> uh, so we, we always like to recommend an excellent book. And several of us are plugged into Audible and have quite a directory, specifically the admin. But I myself listened to an excellent book recently called The Name of the Wind, uh, The King Killer Chronicles Day One. It is by Patrick Rothfuss and narrated skillfully by Nick Padel. It is a great book. I really, really, really liked it a lot. The book is really interesting because it's kind of a story within a story. Essentially, it starts with a guy named Kvothe, K-V-O-T-H-E. And Kvothe, he has lived quite a interesting and varied life. He's had adventures. He's dealt with all kinds of different magics. He's come close to death over and over again and fought monsters and loved fairy women and just all kinds of crazy stuff. And But now he's just a simple innkeeper. So he's basically trying to kind of hide from his old life. He doesn't want to have anything to do with it. He's sort of finished with it. He wants to move on and just, just be an innkeeper and just be simple. Oh, that's not going to happen. No. So somebody of, you know, of obviously. Wait, 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 wait. No spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so obviously something, something from his old life comes along. And actually, instead of it being some kind of a enemy, it actually is a chronicler, basically a scribe. And he is, his purpose his whole deal is that he wants to go and try and collect stories. And he wants to not just collect, you know, stories like campfire stories, but he wants to collect true stories, the real truth behind things. And so he tracks down Kvothe and figures out that this is where he is and that's who he is. And he's just hiding out here as a innkeeper and manages to get him to sit down and over the course of several days, recount his, his life story up until when he ends up at the end. And he doesn't even finish his whole life story in the first book. Into the second book is when they're getting closer and closer to kind of bringing it to present. Huh. But it is, it's awesome because there's this really interesting pacing, and you kind of forget that it's a story within a story. You forget that it's someone telling the story, and it becomes like you become enthralled with the retelling as if it's what's actually happening. And that's the way the book is, is put out there is instead of he's telling a story about his life and that's what you're listening to, it's actually like it's actually happening. So it's really interesting. And really well well done, but it allows for kind of interesting interludes because instead of them just linearly going through a story or even with, you know, just a couple flashbacks here and there, but they're still sort of in the middle of things, having the character telling his life story from the perspective of pretty much closer to the end of his story, he has all this insight and observation and reflection that they can do. So in interlude, they'll stop and the people that are sitting around listening to his story, they'll talk about it. 
they'll be like, wow, I never knew that happened to you. And he says, yeah, you know, if I didn't, you know, if I knew what I knew now, I wouldn't have done this or that or the other. And it's just really interesting. So it's like a really neat way to do it. And it really has this sitting around at the foot of a, a man who's lived a great life and listening to his life story. It's just excellent. And listening to that as an audio book is probably quite a trip. It is. It's really cool. And, and I'll tell you, the narrator, Nick Podell, is masterful. All the different voices he does really, really well. And not just male, female, but like different voices for different characters and different characters of different ages and with different accents. And it's just so consistent, so well done. It really feels like a different voice half the time. So it's just a really, really fine book, really excellent audio book. So uh, if I may interject, I actually have listened to this book. Yeah. I happen to as well. And actually, there's something very important about this book. And I think this is one of the rare books where it's worth actually getting both the audio book and the actual physical book or an ebook. Really? Yes. And here's why. So it's really a page turner. Like you said, like oh, yeah. I could, couldn't you know, put it you, down. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't put it down when I was, <laughs> my wife almost divorced me in the, in the three weeks that I was listening to this on the on <laughs> an audio book because I was like listening to it on the way home from work on the way to work. And it's long too. The first oh, book is yeah. like 25 hours. The second yeah. book is like 40 something hours. Exactly. Ooh. And I, I've listened through both of them, but the, the, the reason why it's really worth getting the book as well is that there are a ton ton of hidden connections and secrets that you that I mean, people on the internet have like gone crazy with this and found like really good evidence like about like, for instance, I'll give you one hint. You can discern the true identity of Kvothe's mother. Really? Yes. Interesting. By looking, by reading carefully through the first two books and the third book isn't out yet, which is killing me. But do you have any idea when it's coming out? I don't even think Patrick Rothfuss knows. Okay. So the thing is that after reading it as like, you know, the page turning great story, like actually going through and like looking through the book and trying to like say, oh, after I listened through it the first time, what can I go back and say, okay, what things might I have missed or might I have not thought were important, but I later realized were important. How far and do you get into the book before he starts killing Starks? That's what I want to know. <laughs> chapter three, chapter four. Yeah, right. You know, it sounds, the way you described it to me, it sounds almost like somebody went, man, what if we put Forrest Gump in Inception together? <laughs> right? <laughs> but in the most respectable sense of those two movies, it's a book within a book or you've got, you know, it's, it sounds really intriguing. But at the same time, you're sitting listening to this guy sort of tell a story of himself mm -hmm. through his listeners then so, who come back and kind of interject, right? So actually, it's interesting that you mentioned that this is one of the books where you want to have a physical copy in addition to the audiobook format. Because if you aren't aware, Audible is actually owned by Amazon.com. And they have a cool little tie-in where if you buy the digital version of the book, you can get the audiobook at a very deep discount. And it's something called WhisperSync, which is really awesome because you could actually pick up read part of the book and let's say that you know you're sitting at home it's a nice weekend you're reading and then oh got to go to the store audible will actually pick up where you left off in the ebook and read from that point yeah so you yeah. could freely go back and forth between so it, it would be a great opportunity to get the audiobook for a deep discount if you yeah, want to grab i'm gonna have to check this books. out that is sweet because yeah. i read a lot yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Audio, the audiobooks I've really gotten, I've just fallen in love with them uh, to, to the point where I'm actually like really behind on my podcasts. Mm -hmm. Like what happens is in the beginning of the month, I get a, my audiobook credit from Audible. I get a book. I listen to it for the first you know week or two of the month and nothing else. Mm -hmm. And then all the podcasts from those first couple weeks get stacked up. And then I listen to those furiously for the rest of the month, trying to catch up and finish my queue out so that because on the first come hell or high water, I'm going to be listening to another audiobook, especially this month, because this month I jumped into the sequel to this book. I was like, I must know what happens next. It's driving me friggin crazy. The name of the wind. Huh? Yeah, it's really excellent. Hmm. If that sounds like an interesting book, it's The Name of the Wind, King Killer Chronicles Day One by Patrick Rothfuss, narrated by Nick Pudell. You can get that on Audible. And if you want to check that out for free, you can go to audibletrial.com forward slash geek life and get your free audiobook download and a free month of their excellent service, which comes with not only a book credit each month, but also for the rest of the time that you're a member with them, you get 30% off of their entire library. So if you just can't wait for your next credit, you can actually jump in and, and get another book at a, at a pretty good discount. And actually, sometimes they have discounts on purchasing credits. And don't forget about yes. flash sales. Right. Yeah. So it's it's a really excellent, excellent service to just, I mean, there's so many awesome ways to be able to consume media now, especially audio wise. You can just be listening to stuff all the time. With a lot of us that have tech jobs and things like that, listening to podcasts and audiobooks, it's no longer 
something you have to dedicate your free time to. You can do it while you're being productive. You know, I listened to this audiobook straight while I was working on comics, obviously not while I was editing the podcast, but pretty much everything else I'm doing, I'm listening to this audiobook. Next up, we're going to review a game. And what's the game this time around, Brian? It's an indie PC game called Swapper. The Swapper. The Swapper. Yeah. So this is something that popped up on Steam just a couple days ago. I think it came out at the end of May. And so it's pretty fresh. It's been around a little bit, it's won a bunch of awards, been nominated for even more things, and is a standout in the indie community. And so we thought, hey, that sounds like something we should play. And so it's uh, also kind of fit our criteria of being a relatively short game. I beat it in about 3.3, well, exactly 3.3 hours, according to Steam. <laughs> it's so, so excellent. So let's read a little bit of the game description here. The Swapper is an atmospheric puzzle platformer set in the furthest reaches of space. Players wield an experimental device able to clone the user and swap control between them. Dropped into a character and world as mysterious as the workings of the device itself, the Swapper is a game of exploration of a very personal nature. This is interesting. All of the art in the Swapper is constructed using clay models and other everyday materials. I knew it. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Yeah. Well, yeah, the very first thing I caught on to was that the ship that you jettison in, uh-huh. <laughs> I was like, looks like a tin can. It probably was, it was. a tin can. And so, yeah, because, you know, so, yeah, it, was, it looked like a tin can, and I thought that was kind of cool, you know? No, it's it's a really neat game. The art, I mean, the art is gorgeous. The gameplay is really solid. Like, I really enjoyed it quite a bit. Yeah, and the atmosphere, that's one of the key points, right, I think, right, in the right, game. Yeah. This is one of those great atmospheres. Yeah. Very much so. And the music also. I actually yeah. really dug the music in this game. For yeah. me, the, it's more of, I think, the music is cool, but it's the lack of... And yes. there's a lot of ambient sound, and that's what I really like. Well, yes. that's one of the things that I think is really cool about a space game is that you get that sort of ship hum. Right. Especially with something like this where it's just you and, and one other person, essentially. You only ever see one other living being, technically one other human living being. Right. I don't want to give anything away. But throughout the whole game, it's basically just you and one other humanoid type person. And you're on this giant ship trying to move through and unlock things. And you're so alone. It's a powerful feeling. This there is a ambience. great feeling of isolation yeah, yeah, yeah. way not, yeah. Not which like, is like a right. dread isolation right but definitely there's an eerie feel to oh, it definitely. oh absolutely but also i love there you know i haven't beat it yet i got it i got it specifically for this podcast it's right. something that it isn't necessarily outside of my normal you know the stuff that i play because if anybody knows i don't know i don't talk too much about it on on asking metalhead but i'm a huge gamer i have a huge steam library i mean mm-hmm. actually my kids and i are big gamers right you know i think perhaps maybe it's I'm an older guy, but I just don't buy into the hype a lot of times. Sure. But, you know, I've seen some of the indie games come out that I've been like, I need to check that out one of these days. And so, you know, this is a game where I didn't buy it on sale and I'm not even remotely disappointed that I missed the sale. Like I was enthralled within a few minutes of playing it. Mm -hmm. The controls are phenomenal, though. I would say my only complaint is sometimes I want to use a Xbox controller, even though I'm sitting on my PC. Yeah. I love the ability to just, well, there's another game that I've, that I just kind of jumped into, which is, um, you can, you know, just either way you can play it with a keyboard or you can play it with a controller and it's, it's very easy to, to do. So I would have liked to seen that. Cause I tried today, as a matter of fact, like just turned on my controller. And a lot of times you turn on your controller and, and the just, game picks it up. It, yeah. And yeah. And so, uh, limbo is the other game. Yeah. Which is, you know, it's very, it's a really good game. You know, and it has a similar sort of feeling of, of isolation and that kind of dark atmosphere. Right. Right. So the game has a lot going for it. There's a really interesting storytelling going on, which, you know, it really helps drive your progress. And I don't know how much you want to give away, but well, I mean, I don't know if I would give this, I, I don't know if I would want to talk about that particular, you know, so, some of the storytelling, but because you can, I feel we like can talk about how they do the storytelling. I think, I think that one of the things that they do with the, the storytelling, the audio, way they communicate it is basically, yeah, through the logs. Okay. Yeah. That's one piece of it. Mm-hmm. And then there's the voice, right? Well, but right. then there's also the, rocks. the rocks. That's what I was, I think that for me was a big that was a big surprise. Yeah, when I finally figured out that it was the rock that was talking, a huge breath of relief because, you know, you're walking along, suddenly you're like, is slower. the game broken? Yeah, the screen goes darker and the words pop on. Well, shh, shit, boss battle? Boss battle? <laughs> right, right, right. Right, right. Yeah. right that, exactly. The first one you get is just, hello. And hello? Like, everything's kind of blackened out, so it's kind of hard to see and things are moving slower. And I'm like, 
Okay, which button do I press to get out yeah, of you this? You get menu? all these like strange sort of cryptic messages and a lot of them mm-hmm. are very philosophical and odd right. and yeah. and sometimes they're not even talking to you, they're talking to each other. Right. Sometimes mm-hmm. they're out mm-hmm. of uh they're not linear. Right, like absolutely. You. Yeah, it's 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 really it's really an interesting way to tell a story, right, right. but but it's a powerful story. And I did finish the game all the way through, and it is it is intense and powerful, and is really a neat story. It leaves you feeling like this would be an amazing movie. This would be a great comic. Like it's a great idea. Right. Yeah, one of the things Brian was talking about with the controls, I noticed what some of the points where you you have to use E to engage a dialogue, like bring up the log. Yeah, but you have to use F to close it. I thought that was kind of annoying. You can also do hit escape. Yeah, but it'd be right, nice if right. you could press E again to collapse it. Down. I agree. I agree. Um, and then the other thing I thought that was uh, interesting about the game is the, the branding, the swapper. I mean, gender swapper, wife swapper, split swapper. <laughs> right. It's not really clear from the name that it's going to be a space game and what type of gameplay it has. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought you could probably do a little, a little something with that. Yeah, yeah that was interesting. my initial reaction was I was angry because it wasn't a single pair of titties in this goddamn game. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you talk about the dynamics of the game, right? So let's start with just the basic, the gun. Yeah. The swapper gun. Yeah. So you start out, you find the gun, and it has two capabilities. One is you can create clones of yourself. Right. Up and to so what, four clones, I think. Four clones. Mm-hmm. They move exactly with you. You can reclaim them by touching them. Mm-hmm. So if you move right or you move left, they and there's, move. there's certain like uh, force field type things that you walk into and it disintegrates either them. Right. If they touch them or all of them, if you so touch it. This is a puzzle game, but it's a very unique way of using the ability to it's it's reminiscent of other puzzle games where you place a rock on a on a trap you know in a way it reminded me of portal to a certain degree i would say braid is another one yeah and i never played i never played braid i've seen it but i think the first thing that we all thought of was oh this is very much like metroid yeah but it's only it's only like app is super metroid it's a lot of metroid influence but it's only in my mind it's only like metroid in that the map design mm-hmm. is yeah. very Metroidy, where yeah, you have side scrolling. Well, yes, yeah, so it's a side scroller, and you know you you go through these little doors. But I think outside of that, that's really the only parallel I would. Well, make. and one thing that I thought was a really good divergence from the Metroidvania style because those can be really corridor y, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And this, although there's a lot of corridors, there's a substantial amount of big, wide, open spaces. Right, right. Did anybody? Yeah. Did anybody here get to the the zero G areas? No. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So the zero that G areas cool. are interesting. So so with a gun, it can create a clone, or you can shoot this little like clear distortion beam thing and swap your consciousness to the other the other clone. Right. Right. Well, you just you shoot that swap the consciousness beam at nothing and it makes a little propulsion and so you can basically oh. propel yourself around yeah and this, so there's points where you go out an airlock into space and you have to go around the side of the st- station into another door oh I have not gotten there yet yeah and then there's a really great air, like right at the very end you, you have to go through a zero G area and the way that it, it comes together is kind of like oh shit like oh man it just mm-hmm. ties things together really well and it's just subtle it's so excellent but so later on in the game you get not only the puzzle mechanics of having to stand on switches and then certain things you can you like there are these lights so you got red lights and blue, blue lights right. and red yeah. lights won't allow you to transfer your oh, consciousness right. through but the blue lights you can transfer your consciousness through however you can't actually create a clone with right. and so you can kind of you got one or the other and then they actually later on have purple lights yeah, they have purple. anything right. but then so you've got that and so there's all these really brilliant complicated puzzles that they've come up with including those and then later on you get all these extra things like with switches and then beyond that you even get these like anti-grav kind of things and then you have switches that you need to be able to shoot from a different perspective because one switch will be like say you've got a platform floating in the middle of something right you've got one switch on one side one switch on the other if you shoot a clone it's going to be oriented and gravity will affect it in such a way the same way that you're currently standing Right. Right? right. And so if you jump on a grab thing and it jumps you up onto the ceiling and then you put put a clone down, it'll react that way. And so you've got to eventually get to a situation where you're lining up clones on opposite sides, dealing with all this really interesting stuff with uh, gravity. And then the gravity beyond that allows for this amazing freedom of movement in the big open areas because you can do these crazy falling things, which reminded me a lot of And Yet It Moves, which is also available on Steam, which is excellent. 
But the gravity thing allows you to do this like really neat freedom movement. You can jump on and you fall all this way and then you can create a clone and then immediately warp into it and you won't have to die because of the gravity because it just it appears. Mm. So but it's just your clone behind you fall and die. Right. Exa- or you can or, climb these massive areas by basically just creating a clone at the edge of the screen and then warping up to it and then creating another clone at the edge of the screen and warping up to it. And so you right. can basically like do this like crazy jump through all these bodies and then all the bodies fall to their deaths. And that was one of the more interesting dynamics for me was figuring out that that is actually one of the tricks in the game is getting far distances by sort of clone jumping, burning through your clones, which was really interesting, but I found a little trick and that is through the process of right clicking to create a clone. It actually slows time. Exactly. So hugely uh, important part of you. If you don't realize like, so there's, there's one of the little puzzles was you walk into this room and it's basically there's a wall in front of you with a very narrow a narrow break in the wall yes and so you pop a clone up onto the top of the wall and then you walk him forward and then you slow time by right clicking to create a new clone which you can't do but as soon as he falls past the hole you can swap consciousness over to him and then you slow time again because there's another sort of like indent in the wall that you have to get to to get these little orbs. You have to, it's really, you collect these orbs to turn on these little panels that give you access to new areas or give you information. Yeah. And the time slowing really is an interesting dynamic for and me. The time slowing that is really amazing. It becomes completely nuts early on. Right. Well, because and- I didn't realize that. I knew that yeah, if you I were heard like Brian placing, just like yelling at the screen in the other room, like, what the? Ah! Yeah, yeah, so it's one of those games you want to play with a friend. Um, that if you aren't placing a clone somewhere, that it'll still slow down time. So I was trying to like hit the guy that's falling. So as in he was real falling time. at real time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right? brutal, dude. Yeah. And that's one of the things I liked about this is it doesn't necessarily spoon feed these things to you know as we talk about it i start to see parallels with other games for example there's there's some dynamics that are very little big planet yeah right so side scroller but you know there's there's parts of little big planet where you have these little characters that follow you around and if you're on the right hand side of them or the left hand side of them they move away but you can pick them up and throw them over things so you've got those triggerings but then also you know again there's puzzles that you have to you really have to look at it and figure it out. Okay. You know, there's a step. Okay. Well, if I put a guy here and I walk backwards then he's going to walk backwards and he's going to fall off. So like sometimes you're just placing a guy a couple feet in front of you and moving him and then bouncing to the next guy or so great dynamic. There's a, there's a very strong sense of accomplishment with some of these right, puzzles right. later yeah, on in the game. The puzzles so, yes. get rippingly difficult. Yeah. So you spend a lot of time thinking about things and a lot of times in these puzzle games, I'll come up with the ultimate plan and then fumble it every single time. You know, you can't just execute it. This game, I actually had no problems executing. Anything. Yeah. The control screen it was really, really polished it. So it's, Absolutely. it's yeah, yeah. really forgiving. No, I did fall and die a lot. But I'm glad sure. that they don't punish you for dying. I mean, it could be really frustrating in this type of game to get someplace. And yeah, if not, they did it like you got to go back to the beginning of level. Yeah, so and so many lives, then you right. Get yeah, uh, the, I would say so. the only thing that I was I found myself feeling like it's a little cheap is that you get the infinite slow time. I almost wish that there was a window where you click the button and you get maybe two or three seconds of it. That to me would feel a little bit better. And maybe it's just because I like games that are brutally difficult and I'm searching for ways for me to feel even more badass for accomplishing it. If there was a difficulty level, that would be something that I would throw into that. Yeah, like I to say, look, really, I want to play this on hard now yeah, where you're... I would love you know, to go back through and play it on hard and have the margins for things more difficult. Maybe play it through and not be able to slow down time. Like, that would be a trip. To just oh, play through the yeah. game and just choose not to slow down Aren't time. are there ever. certain uh, puzzles that it's I think you, yeah, It would be close I, to impossible. Yeah, it would yeah. be quite an accomplishment. Yeah. So, so uh, one question: How much do you feel that it follows through on the exploration promise, or is it, or is it mostly just a great puzzle game with a great atmosphere? Now, there's a, oh, there's a lot of exploration. At first, I thought that there was certain chambers and areas that weren't necessary to progress through the game, but as it turns out, you actually need every one of those little orbs at the end to be able to complete the game. But yeah, there's a lot of exploration. You end up going through all the different sections of the ship, and they all have a different look to them, and some of mm-hmm. them. And as you go through, the story unfolds in a very organic way. And you know, some of the things in there are broken. There's these like crazy gravity. I don't even know how to describe it. Like these uh, treadmill treadmill light things. I don't yeah. know. It's weird. They're very much like the 
blue beams in Portal 2. Yes. Except for there. I mean, they're very... It's, it's, but they basically, you jump into them and they suck you into a direction. And back you can... Yeah. yeah, exactly. And so it's, yeah. there's a lot of really amazing movement mechanics and a lot of ways to really explore the world. So yeah, I would really say that they, they do deliver on the exploration. Plus, they also you, have a fast travel system. They do. They've got the a yeah, and the, tra- yeah, the, the teleporter system is nice because it would be obnoxious to have to really just trudge through the ship because it's a big ship. Yeah. And like you said, you like you were curious about the the exploration part. It's a big ship, and they thought it out really well. There's you know, there's command quarters, there's the science areas, there's like there's different areas that serve different purposes when the ship was actually doing its job. Yeah, it, and they, you really get to see all these different spots, and they look different, and they serve a different purpose, and they have like remnants and leftovers of stuff. And then you have logs in those areas that are written by people that worked there. Do you get their perspective on what was going on in the big scheme of things? Really, very neat. Yeah, I, I, I noticed yeah. that too. I thought that everything had a place and a reason, and it was yeah. really explained well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And any final thoughts on the Swapper? I would suggest get it. Yeah, 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 yeah. check Incredibly it out. Incredibly polished game. Yeah, yeah. Now, do we know if this is available on anything but the PC? I think it's just PC right now. I yeah, I don't know about that. Yeah, I think I it's, saw it on PC. Anyway, so you can definitely get it on Steam. I mean, this is a game for me that I thought was great to take a break from maybe a larger title, or you know, I don't want to say a larger title, but you know, if you're playing Call of Duty, Black Ops, or something like that, and you're it's you just need a endless break, hours. Yeah, right, yeah, I mean, this is something where you can get into it and get out of it, but also get a lot from it. That's one of the things that's so cool about the indie culture these days is that through a series of things, and we could actually ask the admin specifically why she thinks technologically and you know just as far as the industry goes, why we're getting such amazingly polished indie games that feel, I mean, not necessarily AAA, but feel like like really good, well put together experiences. Where before, a lot of the time they're a little more clunky, but you're getting this amazing wave of excellent indie games these days, and it's nice. I like to in my game playing, I like to play a big normal title put up by some big company that's, you know, 30, 40 hour game. And then I like to play one or two, maybe three, four, five hour indie games. Like I find that refreshing. Some people get mad that these games are short and I'm like, yes, I can play it in one sitting or two sittings and, and have a complete experience and not feel like, cause you get to the end of the games at these big games and you got those last like five, 10 hours. And it's just like, I really should finish this. I really should finish this. At some point you're, yeah, you, you're, it's almost it being, you're pot committed by that point, right? right exactly. You know, and that's what's nice about these is that you, it's a complete thought. It's polished. It's well done, but it's short. And it works really well. Hmm. All right. Well, why don't we go around and give our scores? So let's start with Joe. Out of 10 Miyamotos, how many Miyamotos do you give this game? I'm going to stick with an eight Miyamotos. No, that's a nice high score. I'm going to let it knock my socks off when I can get around finishing it. Mm-hmm. So possibly more Miyamotos. Mm-hmm. I'll increase it by half just so we can <laughs> chop them up. There you go. There you go. All right, Justin. Yeah, I would say seven and a half. It, this was a surprise for me. I mean, I again, I tend not to buy into the hype. I've played enough games in my life to know. I think I can tell what a good game is, and this one was definitely fun. Right, absolutely. Yeah, I'll, I'll give it a four point five. I I just this atmosphere with this type of game. Four point five out of ten. Yeah. Or, okay. Yeah, and okay. uh, it's not really my favorite, and but I'm giving it more points than I was originally going to give it, just because uh, it was like I said, it felt really polished with the gameplay. Mm-hmm. Well, why don't you explain to me what you didn't like about it? Like I said, the the atmosphere was really well done. I just didn't really grab me as the type of game I would play. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's just not your kind of game. Yeah, but I think I would play it if it had a different non-space theme. Maybe I don't know why. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really hard it just to didn't articulate with you. Yeah, it's just uh, maybe I'm not in the space horror stuff. Or mm-hmm. yeah. well, I want to give it a nine, like I do. I'm probably going to give it an eight point five, just because there were a couple things here and there that were rough around the edges. I mean, but that's kind of just the way of things with it with us with an indie title, a lower budget title like that. You know, where they don't have the resources that a big AAA company would. With that said, I loved this experience. I was. So sad that I had to stop playing it and go run an errand and then come back and it was just an hour. It was just like, ah, I don't want to stop. It was amazing. From start to finish, it grabbed me. It pulled me in. It was atmospheric. It had an interesting story. I wanted to know what happened next. Kept me on the edge of my seat. I thought the controls were really clean. I thought the art style was really neat and really refreshing. Uh, I do love the space frontier sort of stuff that out in the middle of nowhere, figuring out what's going on, digging up the history of the aliens and the local stuff. It's just... It just, it, it talked to me and it resonated with me a lot and it was a really well-made game. So give it a, give it a good 8.5. It was excellent game. Excellent game. 
that pretty much wraps it up for episode 48 of Geek Life Video Games. Thanks for listening to us. We always love to hear from you. Please email us at geeklife at pandamanga.com with your questions, comments, and insights. Anyone interested in becoming a PM contributor, visit our contact page at contact.pandamanga.com and complete the form located there. Music has been provided by AirPlus Recordings. As always, links to the artists and songs featured on this episode are available in the show notes at podcast.pandamanga.com. If you'd like more information about AirPlus Recordings, visit airplusrecordings.com. This is Justin, and we'll see you next time. Later, guys. Thanks for listening. I think I have a new nickname for my farts. The name of the wind. That is so fucking <laughs> Like All I can think of is just a nice beef and then looking over at my kids who generally get to share it with me and be like, let's give that one a name. This is why I want to be an author. No. I think that one's name is Reginald. <laughs>